You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 79. And today, ladies, we are looking at how to make healthy, confident decisions. It's kind of a adjunct to last week's episode on mindset, because I think that for most of us women, we really need to start writing new narratives like we talked about last week for mindset. But I think that we also need to start learning how to feel confident in making decisions for our health and in understanding how to make those decisions. Because I think we look at so many outside factors to shape the decisions that we make. And I think that we need to learn how to take back that ownership and feel good about making confident, healthy decisions about our life and about our health and feel good with those. So we're going to talk about how do we go about doing those? What do they look like? And I'm giving you a lot of great tips. So come on, let's dive on in and listen to how to make healthy and confident decisions. Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint, have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options, and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. Well, hey there, ladies, and welcome back to another episode. So this week, I want to expand on a different topic, but that kind of goes along hand in hand with the one that we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about mindset shifts and why it's important for to make those. But here's the thing. The reason that I'm starting to talk about these things kind of like in November and in December is because we're moving into the end of this year, 2019, and we're moving into a new year, but not just a new year, ladies. We are moving into a new decade. And it's time to really, really get serious and take a look at our health lives and make some decisions about do we want to be healthy? You know, what kind of steps do we want to put in place to get to reach our goals? You know, and setting new goals for ourselves this year that are different than they were last year. And part of the thing that I I find in just talking to my girlfriends, I find with just in myself, but and just talking with my patients in general is a large part of what holds us back is like what we talked about last week is mind shifts. You know, we have old stories that either were given to us by ourselves, by our parents, by relatives, by friends, by bullies, by bosses, by whatever, that really don't serve us and we cling to with our dear lives. Why? I don't know. Because sometimes I think it's easier to see ourselves as others see us instead of seeing ourselves as how we were truly created you know, as magnificent human beings who are beautiful and created in love and in light and sharing experiences. And I think for many of us, you know, we just get tainted 
by the world. You know, there's so much negativity, there's so much crap all around us each and every day that it's hard to come home and and take the shovel and start shoveling it off of ourselves and get every little aspect off. And I think that little bits and pieces get left on and they ebb and flow into, you know, our, our veins and our arteries and in our heart and they get under our skin and they move into our subconscious where they go to sleep and they lie dormant in there but they're not necessarily dormant, right? So I think that mindsets that we've clung on to for so long hold us back. And I think another thing that holds us back is the topic that I want to talk to you today about, and that's about decision-making. I think for a lot of us, especially as women, we get caught up in not making good decisions or making decisions at all based on what other people think. You know, we base our decision on what our friends think, what our bosses think, what our husbands think, what other people think, you know, oh, is this a good decision? This is a bad decision. We base current decisions on past decisions that maybe were not such great ones. And we think, oh, we can't make better ones moving forward because we messed up in the past. And I think all of this just holds us back from where we need to go in our lives. And in our lives, I mean, in our health, in our businesses, in our love lives and our friendships, everything. I think a lot of us, you know, we have hangups because we just hang on to so much garbage and it's so hard to let go of that stuff. And because it takes work, you know, it takes digging in, looking at books, reading books, going to conferences, um, you know, getting into, you know, positive frames of mind. It's, it's easier to just stay in the same old, same old. It's easier not to have to work to make changes, right? I see it all the time in my practice. People don't, you know, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. And those are just excuses because making change is hard. And a lot of times we, we fear change because we don't think that we can do it. We, we fear ourselves and we don't, have, we don't have confidence in ourselves or in the decisions that we make. So that brings about the topic that I want to talk about today because learning how to make decisions and learning how to make them better is going to help not only our business life, but it's really going to help our health life. You know, making decisions about better self-care, about better eating, about better sleep, about just overall creating a plan for that and really making that a priority. Because I think if there's any one thing, ladies, that you need to make a priority of more in 2020, and that's yourself with regard to your health and your health life. You know, I look around and we are getting sicker and sicker and sicker as a nation. Okay. Just got back from a um, wonderful hormonal um, balance conference. It was all about hormones and all about different things. It was, it was wonderful and learned so many new things. I can't wait to share them with you. And especially in my new program that's coming out in the new year. You know, it's all about taking control and taking it back upon yourself. Because like I said, I've still said time and time again, your insurance is not out there for you. It's not a, you know, a healthcare plan. It's a death plan. Um, Pharmaceutical companies are not out there for you. Big Pharma is not out there for you. They are dead set against you. They want you to be sick. They want you to be unhealthy. They want you to be on pills and dependent on pills. That way they have you right where they want you. And a lot of times when people are over-medicated, <clears throat> you can't make good decisions, not only not just for yourself, but for anything else. And I, I truly believe, you know, that that's kind of like where our government wants. It's not that I don't, you know, I'm anti-government because I'm not, but I think that when 
you're so clouded with, you know, ill health and with taking so many medications and depression and anxiety and all this stuff that exists and it should not exist to the, to the extent that it does exist today. You really can't make informed decisions and you're easily led down a path of wherever they want you to go. So I really think that, you know, if we want to start turning America around, we need to start getting healthier and getting our bodies healthier and getting our minds healthier and making better decisions. And I'm not ta- and I'm talking about decisions too where you spend your dollars, putting your dollars into good products, good healthy stuff and quit saying that I can't afford that. You know, support industries that are trying to make change out there, healthier change. That's where you need to put your money. That's how you talk in this world. Okay, is where you put your money. Your money talks. You know, listening to podcasts that make a difference, watching shows on TV that make a difference, you know, and get away from the violence, the sex, the drugs, all that kind of stuff, and start looking at things in a more positive perspective. That's how we make real change in this world. And by supporting each other as women, you know, in the in healthy decisions and standing behind each other to make things better for each other. That's how we make things better. Okay. So it's so important to start talking about these topics that just aren't being talked about. You know, people dance around these topics. People don't want to get nitty gritty with them. And that's what I want to do here with you. I want to get to the real nitty gritty stuff and talk about things that people aren't talking about. Okay. So you know what? Every day, ladies, you make many, many decisions. You know, how many decisions have you made so far today? Okay, depending when you're listening to this podcast, you may have made many, you may not have made as not that many. How about this week? Chances, like I said, are that you've made quite a lot of them over the week, over the last month. Many of them are small decisions like what to wear, maybe what to eat for breakfast, what road to take to the store. Maybe you want to go down a new road or how, to, how what road am I going to take to get to work today or what project to work on at work first. Others are a lot harder, like choosing what college should I attend to? What house should I buy? You know, what a mutual fund should I invest in? There's some decisions that we make very fast, you know, like what are we going to have for breakfast, grabbing a smoothie for breakfast while we agonize long and hard over other ones. You know, often we look at making quick choices for things we either consider unimportant or without long reaching effects or things that we decide frequently. Okay. It's easy to pick out something to wear to work or what to eat for lunch. When we feel that a decision is critical, however, and hard to reverse, or that it has long-reaching consequences, we are far more prone to think about it long and hard before we make any kind of decision. That even applies to decisions that we're usually able to make quickly without much agonizing or worry over. Okay, take, for example, you know, picking out something to wear. I know that you're perfectly capable of making those decisions in no time, right? So am I. But however, look at it this way. When you're dressing up for an exciting date or for a new date or a a new relationship with some significant other in your life, or you have a critical interview for a new position, you put a lot more thought and effort into the decision of what you're going to wear, right? Often we agonize for hours, especially as women, trying on outfit after outfit, what, what looks good, you know? The task itself hasn't changed, okay? We're still, quote, air quotes, just getting dressed, right? What's changed is the potential outcome, of it being either a romantic relationship that's going to go somewhere or that we're going to get a better job. So putting more thought into important decisions isn't a bad thing. It's something we should do. Okay. The problem arises when we go too far and we start to fear the decision making process. In turn, that can lead to procrastination 
and we simply decide to not do it at all. Okay, so let me illustrate why that can become a problem. So let's say that you decide in 2020 that you want to get healthier. And so what happens is you're excited about this. You know, you've said, oh gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm getting excited about it. And you start going and researching it. You're looking at the keto diet. Um, You're looking at the paleo diet. You get some books on the Mediterranean. You're thinking about veganism or vegetarianism. And then not only about looking at food choices, you're looking at, okay, there's a cycle bar down the road from me. Um, There's a, um, what is it? There's a kickboxing place. Oh, there's, there's another, there's a gym and you're moving right along. Okay. And making, and looking at doing the right things, you know, getting educated, making some, you know, going on and getting some research, looking at what you want to do. Okay. And you're like, okay, everything's moving in the forward thing. Now it's, you have to make a decision about which one of those things are you going to pick? Which one of those, those exercises are you going to start moving down the path down the path with, right? So then you start agonizing over it because you've got a lot of choices and you've got a lot of options. So what happens is you go, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And you become paralyzed in that decision-making process. So you just delay it and you just don't do anything about it. But here's the thing, ladies. In short, you're much worse off by not picking just something and starting it, whether it's not the perfect thing or not, than you were if you didn't make any decision at all. Okay. So when we decide, okay, I'm not making, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed and I'm just not going to do anything. That's not a good decision. You know, it's better to just say, oh, I'm going to start and try the Mediterranean. I'm going to start there and I'm going to go check out the cycle bar and I'm going to sign up for that one week free cycle thing that they have. um, And I'm going to see if I like it. You see, that's a small step in the forward direction. Now, maybe after the week of doing the cycling, you decide, okay, the cycling just isn't for me. I can't hang with that. And maybe you try the Mediterranean diet for two months and you decide that, okay, that's just not for you. What harm has come of it? Nothing. You're still ahead. You've been doing some exercises. You've changed your eating habits. So that's, those are all pluses. But what do we look at? How do we interpret that then? We said that's a negative Oh, I don't want to do that. That's not, that's the wrong decision. I shouldn't have picked that. Oh, I shouldn't have picked the Mediterranean diet. That's not for me. Instead of saying, hey, those are great decisions. You know, they just maybe weren't the best ones for me to choose at the time because it just doesn't fit in with my lifestyle. It's not something I really want to do, right? So instead of fearing decisions and procrastinating and making them, I want you to get comfortable at gathering information, taking advice, and then using all that to make confident choices quickly. Okay. And that's what today's topic is all about. Okay. I promise you that this new skill will come in handy more than you think it will. Okay. It's a skill that will serve you well time and time again in all areas of your life. After all, ladies, making the right decision quickly and with confidence is one of the essential traits of a competent leader. And I want you to be a competent leader of your own health. I want you to be the hero in your own health journey. Okay, so today we're going to take a look at why confident decision-making is such an important and powerful skill. Then I'm going to go over and give you some tips and strategies for making better decisions and how we go about doing that, okay? So question for you. I want you to take a guess. How many decisions the average person makes per day? What do you think it is? You think it's over 50, 
think it's over 100, what would your guess be? Say it out loud if you're in the car, wherever you are. Okay, well, the answer is it's about 70 of them. That's a lot of decisions to make in one day, don't you think? 70 decisions is a lot. And it is, of course. And that doesn't include all the little things that we do on autopilot or make a habit, like deciding to brush our teeth twice a day. So, you know, in short, we make a lot of decisions on a daily basis. And you could say that they, that those decisions that we make every day, they drive our lives. We also make more decisions now than ever in the history of humankind. We have more choices than our ancestors did. It starts with simple things like the changing of clothes and food available to us. When we go back in time, a couple of generations, most people had two or three outfits to choose from, one of them being their Sunday best. I know that was like in my mom's day and age. Today, we have entire closets, walk-in closets that we walk in that are stuffed with enormous choices of clothes and accessories. All right, so think about our food choices then. We can pick up a vast variety of breakfast items from our home, from the grocery store, or we have the choice to run out and stop for fast food on the way to work or wherever we're going. And that's only the beginning of the day. We have also a lot more choices when it comes to the big decisions in life, like where are we going to go to school? What are we going to study? What profession to work in? And where are we going to live? What kind of job do we want? We are no longer limited to taking over you know, from our parents. Instead, we can live where we want, when we want, and earn a living doing something we love and we enjoy. When we change our minds, it's fairly easy to change the course and do something else or move across the country if we so desire to do that. We have a lot more disposable income today and more time off for the fun stuff. That brings with it an entirely different category of decisions and choices. Add to this the fact that we have more information at our fingertips than ever before. And it's no surprise that making choices and decisions can, be, can become a bit overwhelming. At the same time, we're expected to consume more information than ever on a regular basis and make smart and confident decisions based on that information. I can't think of a single career that doesn't require you to keep up with the trends and changes on, freq- on a frequent basis, no matter what industry you're in. Quite a few of them involve digging through and filtering tons and tons of news and updates, drawing conclusions and making decisions based on what you've learned. There's a reason this is called the information age, right? I know in healthcare, things are changing all the time. Like I said, I just got back from a hormone conference and oh my gosh, all the new stuff that's happening in the world of hormone balancing and, and what we can do, it's, it's phenomenal. And supplements, it's just, it just, it's just, it's just so, it's so fascinating to me, but it's so incredibly mind boggling. We got, it was like, we got fire hosed with information over two days. It was crazy. So it should come as no surprise that in this day and age, being able to make right decisions fast is becoming a more and more valuable skill. It's something you should focus on and that you need to learn how to improve on. So it will help you in all areas of your life, from preparing and saving for retirement and choosing a beautiful home in a friendly neighborhood to live in, to getting ahead in school and at work. Being able to make the right choices quickly, ladies, and confidently is one of the most valuable leadership skills and something that will get you ahead faster than just about anything else. It's essential to learn and to improve, okay? And that goes with our health, okay? We're on this journey. You hear me say that all the time. And a journey goes up and it goes down. We learn new things. And nothing is a failure in my book. You take whatever you learn from whatever experience that you've had and you move on to something different. If one thing didn't work, try something different. That's how it is. So let's, let's talk about that very topic. Let's talk about bad choices, wrong decisions, and failures. 
So I don't want you to be afraid to make choices and decisions. More importantly, don't be scared to make the wrong choice or a poor decision. The truth is, ladies, that we all fall in this area at times. It's part of just being human. Making wrong decisions or choices isn't such a bad deal. Instead, it's really a good thing. Contrary to what you may have heard, failing is a good thing too. It's how we learn. We learn from our mistakes, not from our successes. Okay? Achievements are born from failure and from persistence. If everything was a success, you know, you, we wouldn't learn from it. There's no challenge in that. So I want you to stop being afraid of making the wrong choices. Stop procrastinating on critical decisions in your health. Instead, use the information and resources that you have to arrive at the best result you can and do so confidently. When you fail, I want you to remember it's a when, not if. Embrace that failure and learn from it. Move on and do better. Don't beat yourself up over failures. They're part of life and they're to be celebrated as learning opportunities. Some of the most respected minds of our time have done that and are doing so to this very day. Okay, so let me tell you a little story about one of the greatest inventors of all times. And I'm sure it's not going to be a, a shock to you to know that it was Thomas Edison. He's the guy that came up with the light bulb. But you know who I'm talking about. Something that took a reported thousands of tries to create. And here's what he said when confronted with this large amount of failure and wrong decisions. He said, I have not failed. I've just found a thousand ways that didn't work. So this kind of attitude and mindset, I want you to embrace when it comes to decision-making with regards to your health, because so many of you have made wrong decisions about your health and you beat yourself up over it. And then you get in a rut and say, I can never make another healthy decision about my health because, oh, that diet that I tried didn't work or that exercise I didn't work. Or my mom said that I'm never going to succeed in this health. Or my mom told me I was fat or I have the fat gene or any of those other stupid things that you've been told over your entire life. Just get rid of them. So Thomas Edison, he didn't spend days and days agonizing about what glass to use, what metal to try in the filaments or what, dis- or what designs to experiment with next. Instead, he picked something and quickly and he gave it a try. He obviously wasn't worried about failure. His, he embraced failures, ladies, and he learned something from each failed attempt. Here's another quote from him that illustrates this type of mindset perfectly. I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps. So each step, he learned something different. Failure, wrong choices, and bad decisions are just part of the process. The faster you fail, the sooner you'll taste sweet success. Make that your motto and use it going forward. It will help you to get started with what I'm about to share with you next, and it's going to serve you well in moving forward. So don't be afraid of failures. We all make mistakes. They're there to help us be learning opportunities. And if we look at them as learning opportunities, then we're never really going to get tripped up over them. We're going to embrace them. Because ladies, decision-making is a skill and it's a skill just like any other skill. You get better with practice. When you start to embrace the possibility of failure, it becomes easier to practice this this decision-making skill. In a little bit, I'm going to go over some hands-on tips for you to make better decisions and for making them faster. But for now, I want you to spend a little time on, on that mindset And part of it is to realize that decision-making is a skill you can and should practice daily, okay? 
And you should be practicing making decisions all the time about different areas of your life. But in particular, because we're talking about the well woman healthy lifestyle here, I want you to get in the habit of making decisions with regard to your health and making them often and getting up if you have failed at some of them and moving on. The further you move along in your education, your job, and in your career, then the more decisions that you're going to have to start to make for yourself, ladies. Okay, think back to your school days. In elementary school, your teachers would make most of them, if not all of the decisions for you regarding your schoolwork. They told you what chapters to read and what to do for homework. As you moved on in your education to high school and college, you started to have to make more of those decisions yourself. Eventually, it was up to you to choose what courses to take in college, when and how much to study, and what to write about in your term papers. The further you moved along, the more responsible you became for your education. I know that was true for me. When I got into my master's program, it was all about me. Learning. I had to make those decisions. My teachers didn't make those decisions for me. Okay. The same holds true for for any job in a corporation. You may start out at a lower level where you're told by your supervisors what to do. And as you move up the corporate ladder and start to make more of a leadership into a more leadership position, more and more of those decisions will be yours to make. When you start to have a team under you, you'll be expected to make a lot of decisions for them not just yourself. And as you continue to move up and become more and more of a leader, more decisions will fall on you. You'd be expected to make some and more of them and you'll be able expected to make them more quickly. To top it all off, the decisions will carry more and a longer lasting consequences the higher that you move up. Or if you own your own business, you know this when people are underneath you and they're counting on you. During this process, ladies, you will get better at making the right decisions fast. The better you get at this, the better you'll do in your job, your career, and your health, or in life in general. You don't want to be one of those people who agonizes over critical decisions. Okay, you don't want to put off making decisions about your health because you can't figure out which nutritional plan to start or which um, exercise program to start fat first. Just find something and move in that direction. In short, you have to live your life to the fullest. Okay, so that brings me up That brings me to another important point about making confident choices and why it's such an important skill. Because making decisions and being confident about them is an incredibly rewarding feeling, okay? We feel like we make a difference and we're making progress. In turn, this is key to feeling fulfilled and living a rich, happy, healthy life. In other words, the secret to fulfillment is to make more confident choices about the areas of your life and be confident in those choices, Okay. I know a lot of us, we make choices, but we don't feel confident. That's the difference. You know, we go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll make this decision. I I don't know how I feel about it, but I'll go ahead and do it. Or I don't know how everybody's going to, you know, think about me, or I have to ask all my friends before I can make this decision, or I have to, you know, weigh all the stuff before I make this decision. And then we don't even make the decision. And, And then if we do make the decision, we're not confident in it. How many times, ladies, I want to ask you, have you made a decision because someone else has told you to make that decision? Did you feel confident in yourself in making that decision? No, you feel more confident if you made the final call, if you made that decision to do it. Okay, so remember that you want to feel confident in the choices that you make because it's going to make you feel better as a woman, as a person. Okay. So next, I want to look at two different ways to make confident decisions, okay? The first is to focus on well-thought-out decisions. 
Does, that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to take a long time to make them, but speed isn't the main focus here. Instead, we look at getting faster at the process of decision-making in the, in the next few things that I'm going to start talking to you about. All right. So the next thing is how to make better decisions. I told you earlier um, to practice your decision-making as a way to get it better. What I haven't told you yet, and we're going to discuss now, is how to start making better and more confident choices. Okay. So I want you to keep in mind that not all decisions need to be made this, need to be made this involved. Okay. Most actually won't be. What I'm going to do is walk you through the individual steps of a decision-making progress. So you can skip any of these steps or most of them a lot of the time, but you may need to use all the steps for bigger decisions. Okay. So the first one is, does this decision need time? Let's talk about when you should go through the decision, the decision-making process. Okay. It depends on how big and how much that decision that you have to do is going to affect not only you, but more importantly, maybe other people around you. Okay. Getting dressed in the morning is not a huge decision, but you know, maybe I have to spend a million dollars in my company on this next deal is a bigger decision because you're putting a lot more people in your company on the line. Is this decision going to work? So I think when it starts to involve more people and it's going to affect other people is where we get tripped up on things. So some decisions are going to need to be made and take more time to make them where others are going to be made much more quickly. So here's the thing. So once you've determined that a choice needs a little more consideration, it's good to start evaluating your alternatives. And there's always alternatives, ladies. At the very least, you have the choice of doing something or not doing it. Most of the time, though, there are a couple of different options to choose. Sometimes you have to dig a little deeper and think a little more creatively to come up with alternatives, but they're usually there. Okay? So let's look back at the previous example that you said that you wanted to create a yearly health plan. Okay? And this health plan is going to affect your whole life. So one of the alternatives may be to focus just on one big health goal for the year. And let me take a step back first for a second and talk to you about this. I think that so many people don't reach their healthcare goals because they set too high of expectations. Okay, we all think we're super women. We all think we can climb Mount Everest, okay, the first try. You know, we all think, oh, I can run a marathon next year. But I think that, and I'm not saying that we can't do that. Yeah, we could probably do it. If you set your mind to it, you could do it. But what I'm saying is, Look around you, look at your circumstances, look where you are and make your decisions based on, on those. Don't set them so high that you set yourself up for failure is what I'm trying to say. Okay. And I'm not talking about failure, like in that sense, because like I said earlier, I, failure is a good thing. Okay. And you should look, I shouldn't say failure. I say failures, look at them as challenges, look at them as opportunities for growth. Okay. But that word trips up people, the word failure. Okay. So most people think, oh, I failed, so therefore I can't get back up and try again. So I don't want you to look at them like that. I want you to look at alternatives. How can you look at things? How can you look at, you know, setting expectations? How do you bite that down? Because sometimes, you know, people will tell me, oh, Michelle, I want to lose 50 pounds in a month. Well, I don't think losing 50 pounds in a month is like really is, is possible for most people. Okay, so let's bite size that down. So you want to create this health plan for yourself for a year. You said, I'm going to get healthier in 2020. 
Okay. Now that's a big, that's a big goal. So maybe you might start saying, what's an alternative to that? And one of those, like I said, one of those alternatives can be setting one health goal for the year. So for 2020, my health goal for 2020 is that I'm going to lose 50 pounds or I'm going to drink more water each and every day in 2020. Or you could say that I'm going to have one health goal for each month as another alternative. So in the month of January, I'm going to work on adding more water to my, to my, to my plan every day. Um, in the month of February, I'm going to work on, you know, one new exercise. In the month of March, I'm going to work on, you know, adding some eating healthier habits. Okay. So each month you're working on something different and it'll accumulate in 12 months. Okay. So you can have big, big expectations, but then break them down into smaller achievable goals that you can bite them off and win at them. So this process will take a little time, but it's time well spent if you can find a better alternative that removes some of the risks or promises a better outcome. Okay. And like I'm saying, Bigger decisions, go back to the one where I was saying that you're going to, you're going to make an investment of a million dollars on this new deal for your company. And you've got a lot of employees. And if this, putting all this money into this new deal or this new investment that you want to go is going to jeopardize your company where you could go belly up. Okay. That's a huge decision. So what you could do is what are some of those, what are some alternatives to that? to that big, huge decision of putting your entire company on the line. Okay. I know you want to, you want to join with this other company and you want to, you want to, you know, go into this million dollar deal, but what are other alternatives that you could do to make that happen in smaller ways where it's not putting so much risk on the employees in your company? Okay. Same thing with, with yourself. Okay. Too. you got this big, huge goal or you want to do something. So you break it down and come up with alternatives of how you can make that happen in smaller ways so that you can actually achieve it. That's what I'm trying to say. Beating around the bush, but getting there, okay? So once you know all the alternatives, then it's time to make a decision. Yes, there's that word again. By choosing this route of decision-making, you've signed yourself up for making more of them. The good news is, ladies, is that the decision-making will become easier and easier. To get some momentum, start by eliminating the worst options or even several that you don't think will work as well. So you've got this big, huge health goal that you want to do in 2020. You've said what you want to do. You want to get healthier. You've come up with some different options of different things that you want to do. Now, how are you going to get that done? What are some of those alternatives that you can do to make those things happen? So then you go through the list, comparing and contrasting until you find a winner. Not all options are going to be great options, but you can usually find the one that will do best in your particular situation. If you're working with a team or you're making big, big decisions that it will impact your entire family, it's, he- it's healthy and it's helpful to involve everyone in this decision-making process. They will feel like they're part of the initial choices, making it easier to have them on board for the execution. So for example, you say that I want to lose a hundred pounds in 2020. So that's a huge goal and it's a great goal. So then you think, okay, I've got these alternatives. How am I going to, you know, get there? Or an alternative might be if, you know, I don't get to a hundred, but I'm going to, if I get to 50 and then you want to start incorporating your family or other people to help you surround you as you're doing this. Okay. Cause if you're going to try to lose a hundred pounds, What's going to have to change? Definitely, you're going to have to eat different. 
So you're going to be bringing in different foods. You're going to be making different meals and you know, you got to get your family on board. Are they willing to support you or are you going to all eat differently? You're going to make different meals for them and you're going to make different meal for yourself or do they want to get healthier too? And you're all going to get healthier. Okay. You got to bring your husband on board so that, you know, he's not bringing you boxes of chocolate home, you know, or going by and stopping at Dunkin' Donuts and bringing you donuts in the morning when you should be eating a healthy um, green smoothie. Okay. So you want to make the team members that are going to be a part of this, you know, they're going to impact this decision that you're making. You want to make them part of the decision and you want to include them in the, on this process. So you say, Hey babe, or Hey kids, Hey family, you know, I want to lose a hundred pounds in 2020. I need your help. You know, I'm going to have to cook separately. I'm going to have to make different, healthier meal choices. You know, will you support me in this? Or babe, I don't, you know, instead of buying me a box of chocolates, you know, um, buy me a journal or, you know, get me a massage instead. Or don't stop at Dunkin' Donuts, you know, pick me up a can of, you know, a good protein powder, you know, or whatever. Or, you know, will you go walk with me every night for half an hour, an hour? You know, if you ask them and bring them in the decision-making process, they're going to want to be part of the process. I can tell you. And if they're not, at least they're going to be more open to you doing what you want to do. Okay. So next thing is it's time to take action. And we've talked about this before. You know, I bring this up in time and time again. Rachel Hollis talks about this. Knowledge is nothing without action. So once you've made your decision, it's time to take action. After all, the best decision making doesn't do you any good until you act on it. With your route choosing, it's simply a matter of breaking down the task into milestones that we just talked about and steps. So this exercise can be as involved or simple as it needs to be. Larger tasks will have more milestones and steps than smaller ones. So I find it helpful to move to the action part as soon as possible after making the final decision. That not only creates momentum, but also keeps you from second-guessing your choices or changing your mind a few times before getting started. Decide, commit, and get to work. So that's going to be our 2020 motto. Decide on something, we're going to commit to it, and then we're going to get to work on it. Okay, the next part is revise if needed. There will be times when you regret your decision. It happens, and it's part of life. We make mistakes, parameters change, or something completely outside of our control makes it not work out. When that happens, don't waste time fretting over it or beating yourself, beating yourself up over the decision. Instead, I want you to learn from it, and then start to revise and come up with a new game plan. You may choose to go back to the other alternatives you found and start over from there or scrap it and start from step one all over. Work through the process, make a new decision and start taking action again as soon as possible. The old saying about getting back on the horse holds a lot of truth. Okay, so it's it's not the things are going to happen. It's when are those things going to happen because they will. Okay, we are going to fall off the horse. It happens to the best of us. So just expect that it's going to happen. And when it does, okay, dust yourself off up. Look at the alternative plans that you've made. Okay, I'm, we're, we're six months into the year. I've only lost um, 25 pounds. I'm definitely not going to make it to 100 pounds in another six, you know, another 50 or so I'm not going to lose 75 math there, 75 in the next six months. So, okay, I'm going to readjust. I'm going to say that I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Great. 
Make a new plan for the next 50 and get on with it. Don't beat yourself up over that. Okay, you didn't make it to the 50 pound mark at six months and 50 more pounds in the next six months. Okay, too late for that. Let's move on. Okay, so then make smart decision tips. So I want to wrap this up with a few handy tips to help you make your decisions smarter and better. When you use them anytime for a little extra help, some will work well for small decisions while others are more helpful when you have a big or tough choice to make. And there's my lovely dog just chiming in saying, yeah, mom, you're on the right track. So they, they bark. I can't help that. This is life. This is live episodes. Shh talked about right over here on Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast. All right, so let's move on while the dogs are barking in the background. Number one, I want you to make a pro and cons list. This works particularly well if you're trying to decide between two options that seem really good. Get out a piece of paper or or fire up the computer and make a list of what you like and what you don't like about each option. Have it in front of you in black and white and become it becomes clear over the advantages and disadvantages of each choice you make, making the decision easier. And there's something very different about actually writing things out than getting on the computer and typing them. Okay, so I suggest that you get out a pen and paper old style and write it out. Okay. Then number two, what happens if I don't choose? This is a great question to ask yourself when you're feeling stuck and don't want to choose something. When the procrastination hits that we've talked about earlier, you must sit down and think through what happens if you don't make any choice. It will quickly move you into action. So if I don't, you know, when I, when, what happens if I don't choose to do anything? If I don't choose to start doing something to help me lose this weight, what's going to happen? Okay. Next, what's the worst thing that can happen? This is another helpful question that works well when you're, when you're agonizing about the consequences of a decision. We fear the unknown more than anything else. By picturing the worst case scenario, we face our fears and are ready to move on and make the right choice, even if it seems a little daunting. So try it. It works better than you think. What's the worst thing that can happen if I try this? And then write down everything that you think is horrible that could happen. And you'll look at that list sometimes and you'll laugh and you'll think, oh, that could, that's not really going to happen. That's not really realistic. But we have these fears, okay, inside of us. Okay, we have assumptions about our own decisions that we're making before we've even even tried to make them. It's called self-sabotaging, right? So what's the worst thing that could happen? Okay, oh, people laugh at me. A lot of times that will, so that's what we fear. We fear that people are going to think we're a failure because, oh, we didn't hit it right on the mark when we said that we were going to do this. Okay, again, let them know failure is part of success. Okay. All right, next, I want you to compile all relevant information. When you're working on a complicated project or have a hard decision to make that involves a lot of different variables, it's hard to juggle all the different bits and pieces. To keep your head clear and give you a good overview of everything involved, it helps to compile all the relevant relevant information into one place. You can do this digitally or you can physically with a box, a drawer, or even a pile on the kitchen table, wherever you want to do it. And once you have everything involved in front of you, it becomes easier, becomes easier, for example, to work on those pros and cons list. You'll find it helps you answer questions like what's the worst that could happen or what's the better option here or what would happen if I didn't choose. It also will help you to work through the decision-making process we discussed earlier in the podcast. Okay, so 
gather that information. But here's the thing. Don't gather all that information and let it get you into decision-making paralysis, okay? You're gathering information to give you, you know, an edge on what you want to try, but just try something, okay? Don't get stuck in what is the best thing to start with. You don't know what the best thing is sometimes to start with, especially if you're working on your health. You just got to try something and move in the forward direction, okay? Now, the next thing is you can get opinions, but be careful on opinions. As much as we'd like to pretend that we have all the answers, sometimes it's better to ask for opinions and get some expert advice. But here's the thing I want you to remember when you are getting opinions. Get opinions from the right people, okay? There are two different types of people you want to ask for opinions. The first is those that are involved in the decision or affected by what you choose. So ask your kids about what's important to them in a new house or, you know, if you're going, you're trying, like I said, to get lose those 100 pounds and going to go back to that example, ask them like what healthy food choices do they like? Get them involved with it. Get them involved in helping you cook those healthy meals, okay? Then the second group is people who have been in a similar situation or who have more experience and more information than you do. Ask a mentor about his or her opinion on your ideas, okay? But be cautious though. If you ask too many people their opinion, it will muddy the waters and make it harder for you to shift through the options and decide. Get opinions, but choose the people you listen to wisely, okay? So like I said, I would go with that second group as well, the second group. People who've been in similar situations or who have more experience in that area than you do. Don't go asking your girlfriends who don't have any idea of what to do to lose 100 pounds if they don't need to lose 100 pounds, okay? Don't go asking, you know, people that have not been there or don't know. Get, you know, sometimes it's professional help. Get professional advice, You know, if you're going to want to, let's say another example, if you want to, um, let's say, make $100,000 this year, then who are you going to go ask for help? You're going to go look to people who've made $100,000 in a year. Are you going to go ask your friend Susie Q over here who, you know, is barely scraping um, two nickels together? No. So be wise in who you ask their opinions. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, make it a team effort. I hinted at this already. Get the people directly affected by your decision involved in the cho- in choosing the process. That makes them part of the process and gets them invested in the outcome. In turn, this will help you with the execution, which should also be a team effort. Okay, like I remember when I when I first started, I was in um I had a home based business a long time ago, and to get my kids involved, I'd say, hey, if you guys help, <clears throat> you know, put all these stickers on these envelopes, and you help me do this, then we're gonna the money that I make from you know for the first six months from this, we're gonna put it in a piggy bank, some of it, and we're gonna go to Disneyland. And my kids would say, oh, great, you know, and we put pictures up on a on a vision board of Disneyland of all the things that you know we wanted to do with that money. So it got my kids involved, and so they didn't mind spending time licking stamps, sealing envelopes, you know, running and doing errands for me. You know, it got them involved in the process. Okay, number seven, cut down on your choices. The more choices we have, the harder it becomes to choose. Okay, again, decision making paralysis. That's one of the best strategies when you're feeling overwhelmed. Cut down your choices. What options are definite no's? Get rid of them. Cut them out of focus. And and get to work on the ones that are definite yeses. So like Amy Porterfield says, and so 
does Rachel Hollis, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Okay. If it doesn't get you excited and it doesn't spark your, your, your juices flowing, then maybe it's not the right thing to start thinking about doing. Okay. Realize that there's always a perfect or better choice. As much as we'd like to think otherwise, there isn't always a best choice. Often we are faced with two or more options that are equally good, but in different ways. Okay. Let's say you have two job offers. One job pays better, but the other has better benefits and has more flexible hours. They're both excellent offers, but the one you should choose depends on what's more important to you. Make your decision based on what's best for you right now and realize that it may not always be a perfect choice or even the best one on paper. And lastly, number nine, make the best decision and move on. Finally, ladies, I want to encourage you to get in the habit of deciding to the best of your abilities and then moving on. Don't second guess yourself. This is where so many of us, myself included, go. We second guess ourselves. Don't go back and rethink it. Don't agonize over the choice you've made. And most importantly, don't beat yourself up when it turns out the decision wasn't that great. Instead, own your choice and stick with it. See where it takes you. Focus focus all your energy on making the decision work and making things happen. And realize that there's ebbs and flows. So maybe you want to get to this goal. There's Maybe there's more than one way to get to that goal. And maybe the way that you thought you were going to get there isn't working and you've had to move down this path it, and it's working this way. Don't say it's not working just because path A, the one that you chose that you thought was going to get you there, isn't getting you there, but path B is getting you there. Okay? Flow with it. So I hope you found these tips helpful and that you start putting them to good use when you have a tough decision to make. Because life is accumulation of tough decisions, ladies. That's all I can say. You know, I always taught my kids, and you've probably heard me say this before, that life hands you more lemons, so you better get really good at making lemonade. And I've got really good at making lemonade. And I've gotten really good at just choosing to be happy and to let things, you know, run off my back like a duck. Like I tell my team members at work, you know, I'm not the boss. And when things don't go right with our own boss or with people on our team, I say, just let it roll off your back like a duck. There's always tomorrow. Okay. So don't get caught up in beating yourself up, make a decision, move down it, commit. Remember what we said, make a decision, commit and move forward and start working on it. And no matter what, when you start moving forward, you're gaining progress. Even if it's not maybe ultimately going to turn out, like I said, the way that you thought it was going to be, you're going to have gained experience and knowledge, you're probably going to have met or, or meet some new people along the way that you wouldn't have have met or you wouldn't have learned if you didn't just start. Okay. So let me know what you thought about the episode. You know, like I said, go over to the gram, DM me over there. I love to talk to people over there. Come join us at Well Woman Network 360 on Facebook. Um, go to our website, wellwomannetwork.com and um, sign up to 
be part of our weekly VIP newsletter. I'll talk to you a lot about different things in there. Um, be on the lookout for our new program, um, getting back to harmonious balance that we're launching in 2020, early 2020. That is, I'm not going to give a date quite yet because it's either going to be in February or March, but I've gained so much new knowledge at this new conference that I have to go back and rewrite some of the stuff that I've already written because I want to update it and give you most, give you the most accurate stuff. See, you know, I wrote the program and new stuff's come out, but I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, it's not, I can't do it. I'm just going to go have to revise it. All right. That's what life's all about. So go over to Instagram, leave us a DM, join our Facebook group, join our VIP newsletter, and please, please go over to iTunes and leave us a rating review and share this podcast with your, with your girlfriends, you know, leave me comments on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere and let me know what you want to hear more of in 2020. What are some of the topics that um, interest you regarding health? If you've got specific health questions, because one of the things that um, I'm thinking of doing in 2020 as we're moving ahead is I want to have um, like maybe every other week or maybe tw- every other month. I don't know when we're going to, how many times I want to do it, but I want to have questions and answer sessions. So what I want to do is I want to get a couple women on Zoom, um, where we just sit around and we're, we're going to talk about some topics that aren't talked about out there that have to do with women's health, like, you know, that the JJ health, you know, those type of things and just dish on different questions. So, you know, you might be one of those women that I, that I have on one of those Zoom calls to discuss some topics that you want to talk about. So let me know about the topics that interest you, things that, you know, are brewing in your mind with regard to your health that you want to know about. If you have any hormonal questions, Please let me know because I'd really like to be all inclusive with this new program that we're coming out with and make sure that I get and answer people's burning questions when it comes to with regard to their hormones and all that good stuff. So I hope that you have a very, very blessed week and I hope that you touch the lives of many. Go out there, make confident decisions, start shifting your mind shift, your mindset for new things in the new decade that we're about to be entering into. Okay, so until then, ladies, God bless and bye for now. The information, including but not limited to text, graphics, images, and other material contained in the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle podcast is for educational purposes only. The purpose of the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle is to promote broad consumer understanding and knowledge of various women's health topics. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking any new health care regime. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read or heard on one of our podcasts. 